1: a meeting of the masters of mastication turn your attention as they delve deep into all things lifting and more this is peak speed and we're back with exciting news yes we are now professional we have a sponsor for the show which is awesome for us but even more awesome for you indeed because who doesn't love a sweet sweet
0: online shopping discount code and in this case it's an online shopping discount code that gets you delicious coffee delivered to your doorstep from our good friends prism coffee who are four canberra lads who i've known for a while uh who've all worked in and around the specialty coffee industry for some time now and now uh, out on their own they've got a roaster they're roasting beans uh, and just generally kicking ass with delicious coffee
1: So, John, how do the people get this amazing discount you speak of?
0: Go to their website, which is prismcoffee.com.au. Pick from the couple of different blends and some single origins that they've got. You can get it ground. You can get it in whole beans if you prefer to grind your own. They've got all of the options. Uh, And then you use the code Peakspeak in the discount bit of the shopping cart. And uh, you'll get a sneaky 10% off and it'll rock up on your doorstep in... Some amount of time. I don't remember exactly what it is, but I think they express post everything. So hopefully quickly.
1: Perfect. Amazing. And well, that's it. Without further ado, here's here's the episode. Enjoy. Presented by Thomas Lilly and John Sheridan, Baby Cry in the background, not included.
0: Should have saved my can opening for the start of the podcast.
1: Yeah, we'd get that nice. I've developed some. So. Um, for those who are unaware, we're recording now, by the way, for those oh, who figured are, as much. <laughs> for, for those who are unaware, I have, um, uh, maybe a slightly different brain archetype than the norm. Uh, if you can't already tell what he means, um, is he's a robot. Anyway, uh, with, with, with ADHD, there is certain things that come with the H, right? The H is hyperactivity. So it's brain hyperactivity and includes hyperfocus. And so, um, you know people people who experience this uh get very 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 pissed off by little things like you know how like common triggers for people are like oh so-and-so is biting a fork or eating loudly and and that pisses you off imagine that feeling but amplified times by about a, a billion so like a completely irrational meltdown related to certain triggers that develop over time and one thing when i started traveling i I'd never used like headphones in my entire life until I started flying more frequently. So I started started uh, wearing headphones and they weren't noise cancelling. So certain sounds would be louder than most other sounds and just get through. So um, uh, people with loud S's like S that, you know, when they're yeah, yeah. speaking, they it just, yeah, it just, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, so that's a massive trigger. But part of that on planes is obviously, you know, everyone gets their can of drink. So now cans opening like, It's like a fucking, it's Pavlov's dog. It's just conditioned me to lose my mind. Uh, This has all come from John started by saying, I think I didn't hit recording time, but started by saying I should have saved that for the podcast when he opened a can of beer. Uh, Here we are. Welcome. Yeah, we're
0: very professional. It's 7.30 on a Tuesday night, Thursday night. It's definitely not Thursday. Fuck. Mm. (laughs) It's It's been a long
1: year. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long year. Yes. It has. Let's talk about it.
0: Man, I finally have a fully functioning front door.
1: Oh, you've made it.
0: The front door is fixed. The swipe card access system works again. We have a front door. It's got to be like 12 and a half weeks at this point.
1: Is it pretty or is it still just like new and unsigned?
0: Yeah, I haven't got the signage done yet. I think we have to do that through our insurance rather than um, the building building insurance because it's not part of the building technically. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, we have a functioning front door again, which is excellent. Amazing. I was pretty concerned that wasn't going to happen before Christmas. But here we are. with. Uh, we started the year with a fully functioning front door. And I never thought I'd have to consider not finishing the year with a functioning front door. But here we are.
1: Mm. Life is good. So, you know, two to three, maybe four, sometimes five times a week. Uh, John and I have a private meeting, often two to three hours, which is like in-depth planning sessions for (laughs) podcast material. And in the most recent uh, (laughs) podcast planning meeting, we we were sort of toying with the idea (laughs) of a... (laughs) Stop laughing. Of a 2020 year in review and and deciding that that was the most shit subject that we've ever thought of. So instead, uh, we've come up with the subject of what we've learned in 2020. Oh, genius. Uh, Look, I actually am considering
0: cutting down my coaching load so that I can spend more time planning Peakspeak episodes makes sense because uh, I feel like the five to eight hours a week we spend already is not sufficient no
1: definitely
0: and, yeah, we're all about quality content here at Peakspeak 100% uh, so a year in review
1: can we just like well, not spend
0: not, a lot of time talking about... Uh, things not, I've learned, not spending a lot of time talking about coronavirus. I'm sick <laughs> of talking about coronavirus.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, like we just said, it's not a year of, in review. It's more like... No, I know. Take home things from the year. What what have we learned? Uh, because, I, you know, the whole lockdown situation uh, was a lesson for a lot of people. Yeah, dude. Um, for sure. For me... Uh, you know the the lockdown thing and maybe this is gonna piss a few people off but uh, that's what I'm about um, it, it should Thomas. hopefully show Sol people <laughs> whether or not you see it this way or not how fucking good we've got it like yeah, if if the absolutely worst thing that can experience is that we get locked in a comfortable climate controlled room with loved ones, with our dogs, with our families, with access to the Internet, with communication to anyone on Earth, with, uh, you know, high powered gaming systems for entertainment, endless streaming ability to watch any show that we want. Like, fuck, what a terrible, terrible, terrible life we've had this year. Yeah, man. It definitely puts things
0: into perspective in a, in a way that only maybe one or two events in the rest of my life have put things like had the same sort of perspective shifting effect on how I see things. And I think that was the big thing: is getting past all of the bullshit around it and actually being able to see that, for the most part, life's pretty fucking good. Like it mm-hmm. might be stressful and sometimes hard, but uh, I think in the scheme of things, it's pretty good.
1: Yeah. And like, obviously, I'm not trying to downplay the, the reality of the uh, decline in mental health that this did have on on certain. Yeah, people. Yeah. You know, right. a, lot, a lot of people did experience a, a lot of negativity out of the whole process. Um, but if we kind of I don't know, I, I was watching a movie on, uh, y- you know, that famous movie. Uh, it's all in German. It's about Hitler um, that maybe like five or six years ago got parodied to death where a, there's a famous scene of Hitler making everyone leave the room and then screaming uh, at the four guys that are left. And there was, like, yeah, yeah. Hitler rants about CrossFit, Hitler rants about powerlifting. Yeah, yeah. W- was I have watching... actually
0: seen that movie, but I've seen that scene a hundred million times.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm, for the life of me, I can't recall the name of it right now. It was actually a fantastic film, but, like, uh, you know, g- looking, looking at what... The 1940s must have been like for people experiencing that and comparing uh, comparing it to, you know, the discomfort of again being locked in a climate controlled room with access to streaming uh, services. Like, fuck, we've got it good. Um, yeah, man. I heard uh,
0: a while ago Jordan Shallow talking about one of his favorite books being Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I read it not that long ago, sort of pre this year, but have read it. And um, it's written by a, uh, like an Auschwitz uh, mm-hmm. prison camp survivor. And um, that's like, again, you know, that's as extreme as extreme gets. And you see these moments of like clarity and calm, logical thought that come out of a person like that who's gone through something so horrific that none of us can even. And even. None of us can ever think about anything that would ever be that horrific again, Mm -hmm. Uh, and yet he can still find ways to, you know, see the good parts and and appreciate what he has and what what he has that others don't and those sort of things. I think um, it's a lesson that needs to continue to be learned, and I've heard this about um like parenting stuff the other day. It's like you know uh, toddlers. Cry over spilt milk because it's literally the worst thing that's ever happened to. Them. Mm, yeah, <laughs> and and they have no concept for perspective on that front. And I think uh, that for me is is certainly one of the biggest lessons is just recognizing that this is probably the hardest year I've ever had, uh, non stop stress and pressure for over a year because for us it sort of started in like December when all of Canberra was blanketed in smoke for a month and a half mm-hmm. uh, and just didn't let up basically yeah. and um, I think for me that's the fact that we've come out the other side of it and it all looks alright in the scheme of things you know like we got through it it wasn't pleasant I'm not in a rush to do it again but um, it certainly put a lot of the things that I thought were really hard to go through prior to that into perspective
1: Mhm. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, there's another there's another great read called uh, If This Is a Man by by Premier Levy who was also yeah. in, in Auschwitz Survivor, which is a I've started a great that. Read. I haven't finished it yet though. Uh, just on that note, fuck you to anyone who compares the COVID situation with the government to anything like a Nazi re- regime. You clearly <laughs> do not know anything. Yes. Uh, like, Jesus Christ. That is, that's... This year is certainly one one good lesson I've learned this year is who
0: on my friends list probably just doesn't need to be on my friends list anymore. <laughs> yes, that is a major <laughs> learning curve this year. Absolutely. Uh, and, and a lesson that I'm really happy to have learned. You know, if, if that's the only good thing I took out of it, I'm okay with that. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the other thing for me has been like in a similar vein, but it has actually been a- being able to appreciate the things that perhaps I would normally lose in day to day life. And especially from a business standpoint, like the, the announcement on the, it was like, I think it was my son's birthday or the day after. Hmm. That they were closing gyms like was again super stressful, pretty crazy. Uh, but then to see the response that we got out of our community, and that I know people like you and and a lot of my friends who own gyms like ours saw such a overwhelming level of support that I had just never considered to be a thing. Right? Hmm. Like I knew that we had a pretty good group, and I knew that people were um were happy with what we'd built. But to see the literal support in the ways that we got it was fucking phenomenal, man. And I think that, again, as a perspective thing, is really interesting. Like I've got a better perspective on what really sucks and then I've got an even better and more fresh perspective on what is really great in my life
1: mm-hmm. in
0: a way that I think sometimes it's easy to focus only on the negatives and only see the things about your life that suck because the things that are good are there all the time and you, you kind of... Uh, Get like, not even, not decision fatigue, but like you start to get selective blindness to some of those things mm-hmm. uh, when you're caught in the weeds of living a life. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, it's very physics, isn't it? Like darkness is only relative to the the amount of the presence of light or the absence of light, right? Yeah. And so like what what's good or bad at any given time or what feels bad at any given time is is directly relative to what feels good at that time or what's happening in your life that's good yeah. at that time. Um, and so ag- again, like that's not... Uh, i'm not trying to make it sound like i'm downplaying the negative effect that covid and the lockdowns had on a lot of people and i can't begin to imagine what it must have been like for our business owner friends in melbourne compared to us where mm. we got to open you know five or six months earlier uh, yeah. than than they did there, there has been a lot of hardship for a lot of people and i i completely uh i completely agree with that i think um One thing you touched on there in terms of, you know, the fact that uh, we have this amazing and supportive community um, that, you know, our individual communities really stood up to help us so our businesses, so our communities could survive beyond uh, the time that we were, were shut down. Part of that, for me, has been a massive lead- a lesson in leadership, um, a massive uh, reinforcement in the fact that uh, I'm not just the guy that's, uh, you know, everyone's mate that hangs out at the gym with these other people, but I'm a leader of, of, of these people and of my staff And that um, um, it's easy to get relaxed in a leadership role. Mm. Um, it's easy to... Uh, uh, to make hard decisions and hard calls when you get relaxed in that role. Um, uh, so outside of just the the COVID and the shutdown and, and the supportive community, um, this year has been a, a big year for uh, interpersonal stuff at uh, at my various gyms. Um, uh, a number of situations have come up that's really tested uh, my leadership skill uh, and that, that's that been a huge lesson for me this year in, in terms of how to respond uh, in these situations because it's tough. It's tough. It's it's really hard to. We've spoken before plenty of times in the coaching world uh, about separating like a personal mindset from a business mindset, like these two separate entities that we have to protect and have to access at various times, and knowing when to access each of those personalities is tough. Yeah, man, and that was I think a a similar vein for me.
0: Like I obviously don't have quite the same uh, reach in terms of like staff and things like you do, but for me it was the recognizing that uh, I probably am not as good as I should be at separating those two things. And a year like this made it really like even harder for me, I think, in various points. There were points where I found it really hard to pretend that I'm happy and chatty and want to talk to people and be social and be involved in that aspect of the business because... I just didn't fucking feel like it. Like it's it's just been such a hard year to go through, and like having things like uh, so we had both our dogs die inside six weeks. Like that fucking ruined me, man, for mm. a, a long time, uh, and made doing anything other than the bare minimum really hard. Which makes me kind of really excited for hopefully a slightly less eventful twenty twenty where I can actually like get some fucking work done. Because uh, I reckon I lost a, a lot of the year to just not being able to pull myself out of a hole. Uh, and that is probably the most taxing aspect, I think, of running a service-based business like ours, at least from my point of view, is turning that switch on and off. I've, I find it increasingly hard and it takes me longer and longer to recover. Like in, mm. in terms of, you know, we've had two comps in two weekends I'm having a real hard time like talking to people and doing all of that. Cause I spend two whole days like up and on the whole time and I get home and I, I don't want to talk to anyone. I want to go straight to bed. And, uh, I think for me being able to just be better at identifying the right situations and knowing when to spend the energy that I need to spend on maintaining that community aspect and doing all those sort of things that are involved in being good at, at what we do, uh, I think I have to be a bit more selective about how I apply that, mm. uh, which has meant I like in this in the friends list vein, I just give people that don't deserve my time less of my time. You know, mm. there there are things I, like I unfollow people, I unfriend people because I just don't care. Like I don't have the mental capacity to deal with all of the bullshit, which has been really interesting, <laughs> uh, a continued increase in my inability to deal with dumb shit, and so I just delete people and get rid of it and not have to think about it.
1: Mm yeah 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 i mean like compared to you i haven't really been as tested you know you, you every every time you entered a refractory period from something that had happened like you got hit again within that refractory period so it's like you you smashed with the fires you're on a down and then like covid and then dogs and then other stuff had happened that you know we've spoken about but isn't isn't public knowledge and doesn't need to be um yeah. so you've 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 had a You've had a full on year And like it's a testament yeah, to who you are To just keep going and keep moving forward and
0: Yeah and I, I put a post up the other day uh, Somewhat celebrating the five year anniversary Of like Burley becoming a thing Like it was the, the announcement post that I put out uh, That was sort of the birth of Burley And um, I think reading it back It read a lot sadder and more upset than I really am uh, But it was a good venting experience But I said in that, I'm just fucking tired, you know, like it's just, it it felt like a year that we haven't had a chance to stop and and actually get any rest, Um, Mm. but I don't know, I've always been reasonably good at uh, compartmentalizing things, being able to kind of just move to the next thing, Uh, but I'm excited to be able to be actually a little bit more proactive and you know, plan things and do stuff that I want to do as opposed to just reacting to all the bullshit that just keeps coming.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, if we can do some sort of blood transfusion, I'll give you some of mine. Like I do have feelings, but I'm like Wolverine of feelings. So if they get hurt, they replenish at a, an alarming rate. That is um, bullshit. I have seen you hold a grudge for a long time. Yeah. But being salty and being <laughs> upset is, is two very different things. Um, one, one lesson I think a lot of people have learned, uh, Uh, Which is great because it just it makes us sound like your mum that you never listen to and then your best friend tells you something (laughs) and then you're like, oh, wait, yeah, this is this actually has something to it. Like how many times have we spent time with people or on this podcast kind of saying like. You know, training continues. If you have downtime, if you get injured, if you have surgery, if you have time off, your strength will come back. Like everyone's experiencing yeah. that in real life now after having yeah, yeah. several months off the gym and now coming back into the swing of things and being like, oh, actually, I'm, I'm kind of back to where I was. Yeah.
0: And so now the podcast
1: shall be named, I don't
0: want to say it, but I told you so. I, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that'd be pretty accurate. Yeah. I, like I think that's, it's that learning lesson that you can get from like, it's the positive side that comes out of injury sometimes. And it's unfortunate that it's a lesson that up until this year you really could only learn through injury or other really uh, potentially very painful and detrimental experiences. Mm -hmm. But I think to have gone through something like this, and for even those that were less fortunate than like our members, who you know, mine all had fucking barbells in their living rooms and stuff like that. And yeah, it's not optimal, but it's something. Uh, But I think there's a whole bunch of people who had nothing, right? And I think they're the people who now are like actually back to where they were or very, very close to it. Mm. And um, I think that realization, I hope, is something that people can continue to sort of synthesize over the coming months and years and and recognize that, hey maybe they can reprioritize things a little bit. Maybe you can like potentially enjoy that week off that you take over Christmas. Like those sort of things that I think are lessons that I've learnt because I've just been doing this for long enough that I know that that happens. Mm. But it's those people who get two years into it and then feel like they have to train five days a week over the Christmas and New Year period and like get all down in the dumps about not having trained and those sort of things that I think that perspective can be really useful uh, to know that, yeah, like your week off's probably not going to kill you. You know yeah. that the few beers you have with your family on Christmas Day is probably not going to kill you. You'll <laughs> probably be okay. Uh, I think that hope. I hope it's a lesson that stays around, and that's the thing that I think is most concerning about a year like the year we've had is that we go through all of this shit, and everyone goes, "Ah, oh, it's done," and then we forget it all. And mm. I think that will be. It'll be interesting to see a year from now how much of this is still relevant, like how much is stuff that uh, the general population ourselves have actually taken on board and, and become part of how we think about things rather than just like a distant memory we'd rather not talk about.
1: For sure. Ha- has the music gone really loud on your end? Like can you hear my music I'm saying?
0: I th- don't think so. I think I can only hear the music here. Okay, I can hear I it heard a time. barbell drop in your background there, but...
1: You know, the the young crew are here and they really like to crank up the music for the same three fucking songs every time. Oh, my um, God. Someone anyway. described the music in our gym the other day as eclectic. I was like,
0: thank you. That's the aim because <laughs> I don't want to listen to the same 15 metal songs for eternity.
1: <laughs> well, James loves mumble rap, so it's just constant. Oh, fuck like,
0: that. I'd turn that shit off like, as soon as it comes on.
1: Absolutely no substance. I went to the shops got my uh, phone it's just so useless anyway um yeah on that note i uh i've i've experienced a a similar lesson uh in chilling out which is ironic because you know i understand this from a training perspective very well but i certainly don't understand it from a work perspective yeah Um, i like that you're talking about this lesson shortly after you announce your third gym yeah yeah my um my wonderful partner sarah will is, is exactly in the i told you so camp right now because she's been uh diligent in terms of making me take time off. I'd never had a since opening the gym, I'd never had any sort of holiday like travel where I wasn't working the entire time and until uh, I met her and she made me take time off over Christmas. So that's become a little bit of a thing. But um, yeah, I think one thing is and uh, exactly like what you were saying, like the, the notion of taking time off historically when i have taken time off now in the last couple of years the whole time i'm fighting the thought of like i need work i'm not being productive uh and so it's not relaxing like it's it's hard to chill and so um one lesson i learned big time is that even though i still worked a shitload all the way through covid it was a choice to do so and there was a lot of chill time happening at the same time because there was less work to do um and so you know well, I, I certainly feel in my heart that I have a good work life balance. There's going to be uh, mainly Sarah, who strongly disagrees with this um, and probably several other people that strongly disagree with this. Uh, I am probably starting to learn the value in doing less work, uh, whether or not I actually follow through with that in any sort of practical sense in the next three years is, is anyone's guess. But um, <laughs> maybe there is a value in in being a human sometimes
0: yeah look i think that is something that i had this conversation with a new a relatively new guy the other day uh he was like really stoked about having come here and we were like we're doing a couple of coaching sessions he was getting heaps out of it was just generally really happy about everything it's like yeah i'm like real stoked i'm here like found the right place for me uh you know like you clearly love what you do and i said man like i'm really fortunate to even have gone through the year that we have which to own any sort of small business in a year like this is fucking heinous Mm. uh it's something that not even the best planner in the world could have planned for yeah uh and we're fortunate that we own the sort of small business that managed to survive through this because of the way we've built it right like Mm. it's not it's not a purely transactional business it's a business that's based around community and and those sort of things and um yeah, I said to him, like, as cliches as it is, if I won enough money that I never had to think about money again, I'd still turn up to the gym on Monday. I'd drop a shitload of coin on some nice new equipment. <laughs> um, and I'd be a lot more selective about who I took on. But it would still exist and it would still be a thing I do because I don't fucking know what else I'm going to do with my life. Mm. Like, it's nice to take a break every now and again, but like, I go away for three or four nights. And if I'm like really diligent about not thinking about like work stuff or not doing work stuff by night, like day four, I'm ready to do work again. Like Mm. I'm like, all right, cool. Like I've, I've relaxed enough. I've wound down. It's time to sort of wind back up and, and get back to things. And I think that for me is always, even this year has reminded me that actually I really do enjoy what I do. And I wouldn't have it any other way, despite the fact that it has been really hard and has been, uh, Something I'm not in a rush to repeat, uh, but I wouldn't, in the same vein, I wouldn't exchange the experience for anything uh, because I've learned a lot about it. That's mm. That's the whole premise of this rambly episode of ours. I just remembered the episode. Save it for off air yeah write it down well no
1: no no i I can because like we'll talk about it from a training perspective but um one of the one of the lessons i've learned um and it's come through some of the stuff i talk to people about in the coach development system um when we get to talking about business one thing i talk about quite a lot is the idea of finding your why like Mm. why why are you running this business what are you hoping to achieve with it because that's going to you know hugely determine then uh the kind of people that you want to attract, the kind of marketing that you need to attract those people, how you're going to sell to those people based on your why. Like it's it's your value system, right? And so for me, uh, you know, I feel like um, I found my why uh, and I feel very empowered by it. Uh, and yeah. it's it's only come out of um, certain circumstances that have happened this year.
0: Yeah, that's that's something that I think I understood as a concept in the beginning and thought I knew my why, Mm. and the deeper and deeper I get into it, the more I recognize that like I was close, but I'm getting closer and closer to the thing that is that thing, and I think I've got a much better idea of that and a much better handle on that definition than I ever have before. Uh, and that I think just comes through learning right like I learn what doesn't work the things I don't want to do you try shit and you go nah actually that's just that felt a bit gross the whole time I, I have mm. no desire to continue to do that um, yeah it's a really cool feeling
1: yeah 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 um, it, it's the, you know the the idea of finding your why and and again we'll, we'll save this for an episode with um with the training side of things um but you know for me in terms of what i've i've discovered and i'm not going to get into it personally because it is a, a little bit close to my heart you know um, but the the reason for uh or the the process of finding your why can't be relied on intrinsically i think no. it's really important to have like uh intrinsic arrival to to the point of you know being sure about it but the problem is if it's purely intrinsic if it's purely you figuring it out you're going to find justifications to do it and i'm sure like what you were just talking about then which would have been me for the last six or seven years or whatever is very much like i'm doing it because of this without questioning it and then that just becomes your narrative and so you just follow it and then when you sit back or in my instance i got challenged by someone else in a in a pretty (laughs) intensive conversation um To really, like, dig deeper and dig deeper and dig deeper and find out, okay, explain to me why, 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 go deeper. Just like a toddler just asking you, how come, how come, how come? And you have to go deeper and deeper and deeper. I have one of those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. and look, man, it's I've done exactly the same process, right? Like, it's just over time I've recognized that the way I was thinking about it isn't actually what I really want out of it. And more and more it becomes, like... Why did I get into training? What did I get out of it initially? Like, for me, it's been like being able to question what I didn't like, what I haven't been getting out of training for the last couple of years because I haven't been training consistently. I've been doing other things like the rock climbing and the mountain biking and stuff like Mm. that. But the training's been there the whole time. It's just never been as consistent as it has been for years. And for me, recognizing like what I was getting out of it and the place that it holds in my life away from the identity of powerlifting has been really interesting because that's the thing that like I fucking run a powerlifting gym <laughs> and and I continue to come back to that and recognizing that that wasn't actually part of my why initially. Uh, it became part of it and I thought it was for a long time. It's now mm. probably more of a side piece to my actual why than anything else. It's a cool thing to do, but it's not necessarily the, the actual motivating factor. Mm. Um and yeah that clarity is is powerful like you said man and i i hope that and i suspect that 10 years from now it'll be the same thing but it'll be more refined it'll be more precise and you'll have been able to weed continually closer to the core of the issue and what it is that you're looking to to get out of you know life without wanting to get too deep and esoteric <laughs> yeah. into things um I think, yeah, the closer you get to that in all aspects, training and life and, and other aspects, I think is is very powerful. Mm. And I'm sure there are a few ways you could um, add performance enhancement to those conversations if you wanted to. Uh, but I perhaps, am all for adding performance enhancement. Uh, but uh, perhaps <laughs> not a segment of the podcast that we'll talk about on recorded. That'll be in the OnlyFans. <laughs> No, I think OnlyFans because it implies that we're naked the whole time We could just do, like, I mean, little do people know Thomas has actually done about 98% of the peak Speak episodes pantsless And regularly has to spend his time dipping the webcam Or pointing it at the ceiling when he needs to go to the toilet So I don't have to watch his bare ass walk out the room
1: I'm wearing undies Are you though? I'm pretty certain on more than one occasion you haven't been. No, I'm real weird about not wearing undies. If I could wear undies into the shower, I would. I just feel so safe. I feel so unsafe when they're not on.
0: At this time of year, I'm a big fan of just a sarong. Uh, (laughs) My... Girlfriend's dad is lived in Indonesia, working for a long time. Amazing! He rocked it the first time I ever met him. He answered the door and her a in a wife better singlet and a sarong, um, and like was doing the sarong up, like had just <laughs> got out of the shower. Like it was, <laughs> yeah. it was great. Uh, and yeah, ever since I've been a fan of the sarong. It's basically like a kilt, but more of a house, yes, uh, a house skirt rather than a formal skirt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's great. It's a freeing experience. Mm. I imagine. Anyway, but that was a big sidetrack away from what we were actually talking about. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I do I like the idea of talking about that. Find your way on the training aspect because I think we probably have slightly different views on that, just oh. because of our different experiences.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, um,
0: but we'll save that for
1: another one. Another big uh, a big lesson for me um, from a from a training perspective, um, and again, this is this is. Uh, you know, probably probably not surprising or anything like that. It, it more so, and I told you this, so thing. Uh, but for myself, like when I, you know, they're the best kind. I, I understand coaching. I understand training. I would say pretty well. Um, and sometimes, um, uh, as a lifter, it's hard to let go of uh, data from the past. Uh, with the assumption that the, that data is uh, applies to you now as it stands yeah um and um you know that that was a big thing for me letting go of some training ideals that i'd clung on to for quite a while uh that just don't work anymore um do you mean for you or for, do you for, for mean me for personally your, yeah, yeah okay yeah. Not yeah like your coaching philosophy no 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 like m- mainly around stuff to do with my hips like i, I try not to speak about my hips all the time but yeah main, mainly to do with stuff around what's going on down there uh, because it is a shit show um but in doing but so safe in undies of, of course that's why i wear them keep me together um it's like wearing briefs <laughs> all the held time together, held together by bonds yeah um in doing so speaking I've, of which we have to pursue a step one sponsorship next year just <laughs> i've uh, i've i've rediscovered uh the joy of um uh, of the kind of training that I, I got into when I started training, you know, the, yeah. like more more bodybuilding and bro s- splits and I, I'm doing a lot more, a lot more volume of accessory work and it's it's something that uh, I never stopped doing a great deal of uh, because I didn't enjoy it, but I stopped doing a great deal of it because other stuff took priority. Um, yeah, yeah. And so um, reintroducing that stuff has been fucking fantastic. I, I feel like my body composition has changed Hugely uh, in a positive manner because of it. I feel like uh, I feel more muscular than I have in a a long time. I feel like my joints move better because I've had a huge emphasis on, you know, not just doing this stuff, but doing it through full range. I I just feel good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: man. And I found a very similar thing from the addition of all the bike riding cardio Mm. stuff. Like I'm definitely lighter. I I can't tell you how much because I don't weigh myself because I don't care that much. You definitely
1: look way leaner than you have in ages.
0: Yeah, and, and I think I am. And I'm just so much fitter. Like, I, it doesn't hurt so much anymore, which is a really nice feeling. And that, that's actually meant the training sessions that I have done have felt really good. Up mm-hmm. until then, I'd always kind of felt like I was forcing myself back into training and it was unpleasant. And I knew I had to get through four to six weeks of it feeling pretty shit until it'll feel good again. Mm-hmm. But now I'm much closer to just being able to, like, train consistently and it not feel miserable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's a really interesting feeling. And I think rather than delving too deeply into it, we save that for actually talking about a, a training episode because I think that uh, will tie in nicely to that whole idea.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. There's been a, a shitload of, like... Uh, business lessons that are probably just really boring for people to listen to that I'm sure both of us have learned through this period Um, but you know if there are you know trainers and business owners and everything like that uh probably coming back to the first point around community and the kind of gyms that we run and everything like that the um the fact that you know our community is such a our culture is such a representative a representation of of us at the head uh and the power and the value of having that culture as one of the core fundamentals of the uh the kind of gym or the kind of community that you create is so is so vital and has been so vital to the success of a lot of, uh, businesses very similar to ours. Um, I think it's, it's hard to, like we preach the value of it. We preach the benefit of it. We preach the, um, uh, you know, we preach it as a sales thing is like be part of the community, uh, but uh, you know, it's the actual community. The monetary value is just, you know, a byproduct of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, whereas exactly. through this situation, it held true monetary value because yeah, yeah. it, it was a cultural thing, right? Yeah, for um, sure.
0: I, and I think, like, I've I've always
1: understood the power of community
0: because, like, I kind of got into powerlifting around the time gyms like PTC and and stuff like that started to pop up and become really influential in terms of the industry as a whole. But I I knew that from day one. But I'm not sure I ever knew how to do it, and I'm not sure I know how to teach it either. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things that I think through partly luck and partly an unwillingness to compromise on some things that I wasn't going to compromise on. Like I'm I'm not uh, shy of talking about the fact that we have a very firm no dickheads policy Uh, and it's something that like has paid literal cash dividends in a way that I never expected it to. It was always like kind of a joke but is a really good filtering process because everyone who I say it to is like, oh yeah, that's really great. And, you know, I talk about the fact that I've never had to kick anyone out in seven years, like the five years of Burley and the two years of PTC, I've never had to kick anyone out. Uh, we've got a handful of people like less than five who are no longer welcome back. Uh, but I don't think they would want to come back because people like that in communities like mine and communities like yours almost always self-select out. For sure. And I think that's the, the monetary value of the community is actually in, in, getting those people, like it's on paper almost looks like a negative monetary value in some ways because actually what it does is weed out potential cash flow if you look at it like that but the, the negative effect of that one person paying their monthly membership and their toxic relationship with the rest of the community can be so much more powerful exactly. uh, if let run free and I think being able to develop that like I said, almost on luck, you know Like I I reckon I've done some things that have helped it along But I reckon a lot of it has been I just happened to find some people that th- Saw the same sort of things that I saw And and were willing to buy into that as a vision And as an idea and, and mm-hmm. a set of ideals uh, That I think has certainly played a role in, um, in putting us where we are today
1: For sure, for sure uh, I don't really have a lot to add
0: yeah I'm not convinced I have many other lessons Like expect the unexpected is probably the biggest lesson of my 2020 Because <laughs> uh, like you said Every time I felt like I, I was in a position to take a breath Something else came around uh, So at this point nothing fucking surprises me anymore Yeah. Um, when it comes to pretty much everything So that's kind of nice But also kind of like sucks a bit I like being surprised. I like not knowing what's coming. (laughs) I like a bit of the unexpected. But uh, at this point, I'm just like happy with bog standard expected kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. We could
0: all just like go back to functioning normally for a little while. That would be great. I
1: I feel like one lesson that I want to scream at people, but I probably shouldn't because it's their own personal choice, is don't use Uber Eats. Just get in your own car and fucking drive to the place and pick it up. Um, Yeah. If you want to know why I'm saying that, just Google how Uber Eats works from the perspective of the business. Yeah. Uh it's not a good thing.
0: No, not <laughs> at all. No, it um and all of those companies are bad. because uh, they all and I actually we saw a lot of like local places basically take their weight staff and turn them into delivery drivers mm. and like start doing that as a way of like actually still being able to pay all of their weight staff and not get absolutely raped by Uber Eats.
1: Mm, for sure.
0: Oh yeah, good lesson. Good lesson indeed.
1: All right. Well, we'll talk to you next time. Wait, when is the? We've got one. This will be
0: almost the last episode for the year.
1: Well, yeah. Well, this will be the last episode for the year. This yeah, is the uh, Christmas that's, episode. That was
0: why. That was why I thought we should should do it.
1: Yeah. No. 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 Well, happy New Year, everyone. Look how well we planned this, motherfuckers. Boom. It <laughs> um, would have worked way better if we were doing this on our video yeah plus probably everyone's turned off by now um <laughs> happy new I'm year i'm genuinely yeah.
0: surprised we're 100 episodes in and people haven't turned off yet
1: yeah and merry christmas from last week because we didn't say it on will berkman's episode but fuck will berkman bastard. gets christmas christmas week what a lucky oh, bastard
0: yeah is he lucky or did he plan
1: that or Maybe. was it bill workman oh, <laughs> what was the third one will norkman or something <laughs> Bill Norkman? (laughs) Something like that. Anyway. Bill
0: Norkman. Something like that. I don't know. Anyway. We're done. We are.
1: Goodbye.